You're on the phone with your girlfriend. She's upset. She's going off about something that you said. She doesn't get your humor like I do. I'm in my room. It's a typical Tuesday night. I'm listening to the kind of music she doesn't like, and she'll never know your story like I do. She wears short skirts, I wear t-shirts She's cheer captain and I'm in the bleachers You wow You're, you're, you're wow What's up everybody and welcome into the Zach and Jmar podcast We're in episode 2 of season 2 we're on a Wednesday, which is unusual for us, and we are here to bring you some NBA news and all of the Week 3 action from the NFL, otherwise known as the Taylor Swift Football League. Oh, that's so disrespectful, and I hate it. Yeah. First of all, I hate it. I hate it so much. There's I... one we got to lead off with, though, and we got to pour one out. I don't, I don't have a beer. I got a water, so I'm gonna just twist the. You hear that? There we go. A little pop. <laughs> That's kind of a sad sound. It's okay. Popping I, I, of the water is a sad I sound. Need, I need hyd- need hydration. Um. Yeah. So yesterday, I believe it was, we were given the news of the unfortunate passing of Orioles legend, Hall of Famer. I think 17-time Gold Glover. I might be wrong, but I think the he number might have been an 18-timer. I, I think that you might be right, but either it was either it was either 18-time for that or All Star. It was one of the two. He definitely won more Gold Gloves than I think anybody else in the major. Oh league. yeah, he definitely is a bunch. Great defensive players, a beloved figure in Baltimore. Unfortunately, Brooks Robinson passed away yesterday. So. We would like to honor Brooks Robinson on this podcast. Number five was everybody's dad's favorite player, I think. Yep. Uh, just anybody who grew up in the your ball. Your dad, your yeah. uncle, your your old co- your older cousins. Yeah, anybody who anybody who grew up around that time, they got to witness that World Series. Yeah. And his and just his longevity and time with the team. He's an appreciation. I mean, you you can't be from Baltimore and not have heard of Brooks Robinson. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter if you grew up liking sports or not. Brooks Robinson was a pivotal figure in the Baltimore landscape. This man not only played in Baltimore, but adopted Baltimore basically as his home city. I believe lived here for most of his life towards the end. And he was a role model for hard work on the baseball field, and he will definitely be missed by the Baltimore sports family. And I know for me, you have uh, you have some personal Brooks Robinson stories as well. You were privileged enough to meet Brooks, if I'm yeah. not if I'm not mistaken. I did, I did. It was a it was in a, a, a service setting. Uh, he at my old job at Caves Valley. You can shout you guys out because you guys have been doing big things. But Kays Valley, he would frequent with his family and they would have dinner, you know, celebrate his birthday and stuff like that. So over the time I've, I've got to or I got to serve him, 
as a you know as one of my customers and he was just phenomenal he was just one of the nicest guys him and his family like everybody was so pleasant so nice to be around we got to make jokes you know stuff like that he was just he was a really nice guy it was really cool um and i was glad to meet him because i i you know you know how you you know who they are but like you don't know what they look like right so like when we you know we got the schedule and we see who's having dinner i'm like you know you see brooks robinson i don't think i didn't think anything of it i'm like all right cool brooks robinson and they were like, you know, you know who that is because they know I'm a sports head. I'm like, no, like, is am I, am I supposed to like, what, like, what Brooks Robinson? They were like, not a big the Brooks Robinson. Ball. He so once he said once they said Baltimore is Brooks Robinson, I said, like, oh, oh, that one. Okay, all right, that's a vet. And then like you, you know how it all changes and you, you act a little funny like, oh shit, <laughs> oh shit, I'm about to meet him. Oh crap. And then you know you meet him, it's like, oh god. He was like that, bro. Now, you know, he was in his older age at that time. So, you know, yeah. wasn't moving like he used to. But it was still nice to meet him. And he was a, genuinely a great guy. And um, I feel for his family. And I hope he, you know, is resting in peace. Lived a good life. Definitely left a fantastic legacy. I know that growing up, I heard a lot of stories about Brooks Robinson. I never had the privilege to meet him myself. But I heard so many stories that I used to watch the highlight tapes of Brooks Robinson and try and emulate his fielding prowess on the baseball field because I was secondarily a third baseman. I was primarily a catcher, but my backup position, because you know the knees be knees be barking sometimes, my backup position was playing third base. And when I was out there, I tried to emulate Brooks Robinson from watching those highlights. And I, I always thought it was funny because one thing that people said a lot about Brooks Robinson was that he had soft hands. And I never quite understood what that meant. It's a, it's a popular term in baseball to have soft hands. And flashback to, you know, seventh, eighth grade Zach playing in, you know, junior and senior league or whatever they called it back then, <laughs> uh, rec leagues, I thought, Oh, his hands are soft, and that helps him feel better. So, I'm sure you've seen these—the jar of the skin softening. The the I think it's called like Moo Moo or whatever. It's the it's the jar yes. lotion with the cow printle. <laughs> yep. For games, I used to put lotion on my hands. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I used to put lotion on my hands because oh, I thought that gosh. having soft hands was the key being great at fielding and so for probably two or three years i would carry this jar of lotion that i stole from my mom's bathroom in my baseball bag and one day before a game my dad caught me and he said why the hell are you putting lotion on your hands <laughs> and i said well dad i gotta have soft hands if i want to be able to field at an elite level and he looked at me, and he was like, he, he laughed a little bit, and he was like, you're a dumbass. <laughs> my, my dad says it with a lot of love, but he's definitely not, a, he's not the Tim Allen or the, the Uncle Phil kind of dad. He's, the, he's straight up with you. So my dad was like, you're a dumbass. It's a saying. It has nothing to do with them actually having soft hands. If you have lotion on your hands, the ball's probably going to slip out <laughs> when you throw. <laughs> so uh, 
because I wanted to be like Brooks, I put lotion on my hands, and my dad called me a dumbass. <laughs> Bro, that's that's funny. Oh, hold on. <laughs> you gotta recover from that one. Yo, that's funny because yo, what? <laughs> Thought I had to have soft hands, man. Like yo, I get it. You I wanted it to be a good fielder. Okay. But that's funny, dog. Like, oh man. I mean, obviously now you know what the saying really means. But that was hilarious. It's a, it, it's an easy mistake to make. No, it is, especially at your age. You were like 13, 12, 13? Yeah, in that in that age range. Yeah, you weren't thinking no. Oh, that's a saying. Like, um, man said I gotta have soft hands. I was trying to be great out here. You know? yeah. I was I was following the rules. I was. <laughs> Following what a legend used to do. They said he put lotion on his hands. That's not what they said. That is what they said. Tell me what they said. That's not they what said. they said, but they I, said. you know, I, I just assumed, you know, soft yeah. hands. How do you get your hands soft? Well, the skin softening lotion. Well, that ought to do the trick. Mm-hmm. And that's funny. That's a great story. That's funny. All right. I had a cannon. I'll say that. They used to call me Little Weeders. And then what happened, Zach? Uh, and then I injured my shoulder my freshman year of college and never played another game of college baseball again. So you, now we were, were supposed to just fix it. Um, don't we wish? Don't we wish? What could have been? I also got fat. <laughs> I feel <laughs> that. I feel that. <laughs> I feel that. So feel you know that's that's the other half of the equation, like. I played semi-pro for a couple of years and called it a wrap. And I was playing beer league softball up until uh, the real estate agent that hired this, uh, the real estate agent that sold the house that I was renting previous to my new house, uh, hired a person to throw out the trash and he threw away all my shit and I lost all my baseball gloves. So now if I want to go play softball again, I'm going to have to buy more baseball gloves. I lost like $750 worth of gloves. It was kind of fucked up. I can't say what I want to say on live airways. Yeah. So, with that being said, we've got breaking news from the NBA. Oh, is it NBA season yet? Uh, no, it's NBA off season, but we do have a doozy for you. If you've been living under a rock for the last couple hours, Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers, or should I say, formerly of the Portland Trailblazers, gang in sent to the Milwaukee Bucks in a three-team trade with Nick Suns. That's right. Dame is joining Giannis in Milwaukee. That's close to Miami, right, Jamar? That's somewhere over there. (laughs) Somewhere on that map when you pull down the... You know, when you're in class and they got the little map that you pull down. Yeah, when you look at the map, it's somewhere on there. (laughs) Okay, it's east of Portland, and it starts with an M. How different could it be? so different <laughs> it can be so different <laughs> but no nonetheless no 90 percent of the year the other one's sun 90 percent of the year yeah there's they both start with s's uh, i like how you're finding the comparisons in this because there are none um <laughs> <laughs> so what what is what is your reaction especially considered that damian lillard tried to force his way to miami the league sent out a notice that was warning about tampering and possible fines and suspension for Lillard. And Lillard has come out and said that he will not report to any training camp other than Miami 
So what are your thoughts so far, knowing bare minimum details about this trade? So, well, first, let's go through the entirety of the trade. So Dame's going to Portland. Portland is sending Drew Holiday to Portland. And Grayson Allen, I think, is going to Phoenix. I kind of want to get this right before I tell you all this because I do want to set the standard. Drew Holiday, Aiden, uh, 2029 first round pick. Portland, uh, let you finish that up. You're just going to throw me to the wolves like that. Oh, my bad. I thought that you had it. No, in no you're good. I, 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 I do. I just got a tight I know that. Uh, I know that the Portland Trailblazers, their big duo over there now is going to be Drew Hop. Big duo. I don't really know. It's going to be Drew Holiday and DeAndre Ayton over there for whatever. Okay. Whatever yeah. Okay. At. So, all right. Yeah. You're you're pretty spot on. So, yeah. Portland receives Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton. He's a, this dude is a rookie. Uh, Tumani Kamara. Um, Milwaukee's 2029 unprotected first round pick and they swap rights in 2028 and 2030. Jesus. <laughs> Hearing those years, man. Jeez. The Suns will receive Yusef Nurkic, who will forever be injured. Uh, Grayson Allen, Nazir Little, and Keon Johnson. So that's how that's going. But now, now to answer your question, how do I feel about it? I love it. For the sense of it's a great pairing between Dame and Giannis. I agree. However. However. I I don't know if it's going to be enough for them to win a title. For the simple fact that you kind of got rid of some of your defensive players. So you're weak. You kind of weakened your the defensive standard. Of your team for Dame. Because you lost Allen and uh, Drew Holiday, who are both great two-way players. Well, Drew's great. Grayson's like, okay, or good. But, yeah. So, before I share my thoughts on the trade, I'd like to share Jimmy Butler's thoughts on the trade. Hey, man. Need to look into the box for tampering. Y'all do. I'm just going to put that out there. Y'all didn't hear it from me, but I heard it through somebody. Y'all look at him for So that's Jimmy Butler on his Instagram page with the immediate reaction. I think this came out less than 10 minutes after the news was dropped. I don't know if it was Woj or Shams that came first, so I'm just going to give them both credit because I saw both of their tweets on my timeline at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is a desperate move by the Bucks. Giannis has started to openly flirt with the concept of leaving Milwaukee. And here's where I'll give credit to the Bucks. Giannis flirts with this concept. They go out and they get Dame because one of two things happens. Giannis is satisfied with what the front office is doing and he signs an extension after the season's over. Or they go out there, they give their best shot at a chip, and Milwaukee's pushed all of its chips to the center of the table because if not, they know that after Giannis walks, they're not going to win a championship. So <laughs> this is the Milwaukee Bucks backed into a corner, and it was the right move. They did exactly what they needed to do to potentially get themselves out of this sticky situation because after Giannis leaves, 
it's going to be another 50 years of irrelevance for the Milwaukee Bucks. But they shot their shot. They're obviously going to have defensive problems. But on offense, considering we've seen a lot of superstar duos, but considering that you're looking at one of the best three-point shooters of all time in Damian Lillard, and you're pairing him with more of an inside guy of Giannis, we get the stark contrast where Giannis is going to spread the floor out for Dame. And realistically, you can't defend both Giannis in the paint and on that mid-range and Dame from the three-point successfully. It's just not going to work. You can't defend both at the same time. So if everything is executed well on defense, they're going to be a problem as far as trying to stop them on offense because they're just going to grind you to bits. And when that's not working in the paint, then Dame's just going to shoot lights out from the logo and he's going to make you feel it. And I think overall that's going to be a good move for them. So I have a question for you. And before I ask this question, I do want to add for the Bucks: Have we not, have we forgotten that they also have Chris Middleton? Yes. See, that's unfortunate. You should never do that. Chris uh, Middleton is like that. But they also have Chris Middleton. So let's not act like it's just going to be two. You got a third guy, too. I mean, it's not a big three. They made everything else a damn big three. This isn't a big three. It's not, but they made everything uh, else a big three. Look at, look at Harden, Kyrie, and... That's not the same. It didn't work out very well, but those are three people who can win an MVP. You look at LeBron, Bosh, Wade. That's three people that could win an MVP. You look at Curry. Bosh could win an MVP. I don't think so. Uh, I think he'd be in, like, top. I think he'd be fifth, but probably I don't think he'd go in with. You think Chris Middleton can get in the top five for MVP, though? Oh, fuck, no. No, not at all. I'll take top five. I'll take Not at all. Not at all. I think I think if if Bosch like stayed on his own and kept rolling like he was with the Raptors, he would have probably been in that like top five category because he would have had to put up the numbers to make them winnable. Yeah, and or then to let them be victorious. You look at Clay, Steph, and Draymond. Draymond probably couldn't win an MVP, but Depoy is pretty good. He he wouldn't win an MVP. He would just win what he has won, which is a defensive MVP. That probably be it. I think that still makes it a big three. That's I, I don't disagree with that fact. I just you know not just like to throw in that he he's a third he is a third option for them. Chris Middleton's a solid B average. Yeah, but if he's on, he's when he's on, he's on. When he's on, he's on. I'll give him that. But overall, I'd say he's not a mid tier player. He's definitely top tier. He's under superstar. <clears throat> That's fire. That's fair. And, I think you could say Draymond and Bosch were superstars, where Chris Middleton, we forgot to even mention him in the conversation, which it's still not a bad piece to have. Chris Middleton has a good game that could complement both of their games and spread the floor even wider. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, I mean, yeah, but can we look at, can we look at the other teams in this trade deal? Like, outside of the fact that we think this is all tampering. So, and however, like, will this make it? Oh, oh wait, I had a question for you. See, <clears throat> excuse me, this is what happens when you ramble, everybody. You end up getting off. I had a question. I never freaking asked it. Oh, what? Sorry, what's your question? Do you think Dame will even play 
Ooh, I was hoping that I was going to be able to pin that one on you later in this conversation. That's a hard like I wanted to jump on that. This is a position, it's a two-sided coins. Is it old takes exposed, or is it flaming hot takes? Because... We can do flaming hot takes. Well, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, is like... Oh, oh, oh I thought you were trying to... It's either going to be the best prediction, or this is going to wind up on old takes exposed, <laughs> you know, freezing cold takes here. Oh. <laughs> Look, Damian Lillard has said that, he said outright, or said outright through his agent that he's not going to report to any other camp besides Miami. And overall, I think that the Miami Heat probably had a better offer on the table. But because of all of these tampering allegations, and for some reason, Portland just not having a desire to trade Dame to Miami, I think that it's very peculiar, and it seems like a spiteful trade to trade Dame over to the Bucks, Because on one hand, it's just the most tempting destination outside of Miami that you can throw him to make him think about playing because you can't say the way that he's been saying in Portland, well, we're not competing. You can't say that with the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> You've got Giannis. So he no longer has that out with that he's worried about competing. And... If he says, well, I just want to go to Miami, that would go very vastly against the image of Damian Lillard that we've built, which is that he's a really good team guy. He's a really good locker room guy. And that the thing that means the most to him is winning. Now, previously, the thing that meant the most to him was loyalty. But now, you know, we flipped the page. It's winning. He wants to win. He's old. He wanted out of Portland because he saw that Portland was never going to go to an NBA championship with him on that roster. Mm-hmm. And... So now he's in Milwaukee, and it's a team that was the number one seed last year, obviously fell to the Miami Heat in the first round, the eight-seed Miami Heat, who had to play in a play-in game to get there. And then I think the year before that was when they won the championship. So it would be hard for Lillard to position himself to not play. But also... One thing that we know about athletes is, is that athletes have a lot of pride. And speaking strictly from a pride standpoint, speaking with pride in mind, I don't see how you can say, I'm not going to report to any other camp besides Miami and then go on and play for Milwaukee. At that point, it makes you look powerless. And maybe that's what the commissioner's office wants in this era of player empowerment in the NBA. Because typically we see these superstars request trades and pretty much direct where they want to go. And what we've seen from the NFL, mostly the NFL is, is that parity sells tickets. You don't see as many poverty franchises in the NFL as you would see in Major League Baseball or in the NBA. And that's because they've mastered that parity very well. And if the NBA wants to increase their viewership and keep gaining more fans, they're going to want to try and find 
some sense of parity in that league, which we haven't necessarily seen. I'd say, yeah, we've seen the Bucks win a championship. We've seen the Nuggets win a championship. So we're at the start there. Dang. But yeah. if this trend of player empowerment continues to be, I'm forcing my way to Brooklyn. I'm forcing my way to the 76ers. I'm forcing my way to Miami. I'm forcing my way to the Lakers. If we continue to let players force their way to these large markets at their own will, then A, what's the point of a contract? What's the point of free agency? And B, the predictability in the league is going to go back to where it's going to be those big market teams every single year. So I think that the NBA, without saying it out loud, pretty much directed Portland, you're not sending him to Miami. Anywhere but Miami. And specifically Milwaukee, that's a huge win for a small market franchise. And I think overall, the NBA is trying to reach that parity, which is why I think that Jimmy Butler has that point about tanking, or not tanking, I'm sorry, temp, uh, tampering. Yeah, temper tantrum. Yeah, temper tantrum. <laughs> the point about tampering is correct, but I think in this case, it's probably not the trailblazers directly that are tampering. It's the small market owners in the NBA banding together to say, hey, we want to keep this talent. We've got to put Damian Lillard in this situation and show all of the other superstars in the league, this is power that we have. And if you don't want to play, that's fine. Why? Because the Bucks. And I'm glad that you brought up Chris Middleton so I could mm. kind of piece this together. The Bucks without Damian Lillard, they didn't they didn't really lose much other than I mean they lost Drew Holiday. That is a big blow. But you're telling me that the Bucks couldn't get a three seed without Drew Holiday this season? I think that they could. And I think that they could get that three seed if Damian Lillard truly decides to sit out. And I think that the league would be content with letting him sit out because they've already shown that they're content with not allowing Damian Lillard to monopolize this decision and force his way to where he wants to go. I know that was a lot, but I have thought about this extensively, as you can as you can tell. I, I see. I see. So maybe they would want it to happen and he goes to Miami. And the only reason I'm countering that portion of your argument okay. for the moment is just because isn't that what the NBA is kind of about? Like, yes, we're we're a part of uh we're about entertaining and about, you know, all that other stuff that comes with the NBA. But are we not a business? Are we not about making money? So you think that they make more money without that parody? You think the like like if they if they let if they let Dame if they let Dame go to Miami mm. instead because that's where he wants to go? You about to bump up revenue? You about to bump up the shit out your revenue? Because I mean, I looked this up because I wanted to see the Denver Nuggets. Obviously, that's a small market. Yeah. <clears throat> The Denver Nuggets winning, and like I just, I just pulled up, you know, Nuggets Miami Heat, the uh, TV rating for it, and thing. Um, just uh, want to make a prediction before you, uh, before you slide those stats out there. I'm imagining that the last two seasons were probably two of the lowest rated NBA Finals in the 2000s. I'll just throw that out there, as a, as an estimate. Well, it said the series average 11.65 million viewers. Mm. And this is from Forbes. 
Um, this was a 6% decline from last season's finals, which wow. had averaged 12.4 million viewers. What about, uh? well, I guess you can't really take the COVID year into account. Yeah. But uh, I'm guessing that, you know, uh, Lakers, Lakers heat probably had more viewership by a wide margin because of the market size. More than likely. I'm trying to look through because I just typed in to see that. So I have to look through. You're a better researcher than me. I could definitely see how potentially having those big market teams would be a profit boost, which, I mean, more, more money is going to be good for the NBA. But then that begs the question of why in the first place did they send out this memo? That's the step that really has me going down this path and is confusing me. Why did they send out this memo about tampering to Lillard and basically tell him to stop? But Harden can go out there and say that <laughs> Daryl Morey's a liar and <laughs> doesn't want to play for that man or whatever it was that he said. Why can you go out and say uh, that? It's not, not that it's a big difference. I don't think it's any different, but maybe because Harden did it. I, I don't know. I guess because wasn't Dames through social media? Like strictly, like he didn't, he wasn't out somewhere. It was agent. Oh, his was the right way. Yeah, so that's the thing that gets me even more. Oh, that's even fucking worse. Dame was mostly sprinkling this through his agent. I mean, he was dropping hints. I mean, and it's the agent's right to do that, to release that information, because that's, you know, agent's going to do what's best for your client. That's what he he gets paid to do. And probably the agent wants to spend more time in Miami than in Portland. I hear Portland's a beautiful city, but... It's no Miami. That's crazy. And just o- overall, that that step doesn't make sense to me of sending that note out to the league. I don't know if it's a Dame thing. I, I, I firmly believe that maybe they are trying to go that parody route. Because the thing about Adam Silver is, if nothing else, he tries to do the quote-unquote right thing almost to a fault. Mm-hmm. He tries to please everybody. And I think that Miami is one of the most popular teams in the league. But also, Miami is one of the most hated teams in the league. Every other team in the Eastern Conference, every other fan base in the Eastern Conference can't stand Miami. You know, that's a good point. <laughs> it, it it's a big question, but I'll I've, I've done enough dancing around the question. Do I think that Damian Lillard will play for the Bucks this season? I don't think he has enough of a backbone to not. <laughs> that's not that, that's not me calling. <laughs> Not that's disrespectful. It's not me saying it's not me being disrespectful whatsoever. I'm saying that fundamentally, Damian Lillard is a true competitor, a true pure athlete, and this experience for him was already awkward enough. He didn't want to have to do the posturing that he did, or at least I don't think that. Maybe maybe I'm buying a PR image here, but I don't yeah, think he could do the posturing that he did. That's not that's not good for his brand. That's not the Damian Lillard brand. And I think that fans 
would turn completely on Damian Lillard if he didn't. So I don't think that... So maybe backbone's not a great word because I don't have a lot of respect for the way that James Harden handles things. I think that Damian Lillard... No, James Harden ticks me off even more for different reasons, but go ahead. We can talk about him if we want to later, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Damian Lillard just genuinely is too overall decent of a person to let the fans flip on him like that. He cares too much about his brand as good guy Dame. So maybe it's not a backbone issue that it's a little, I'll back off that a little bit, but overall, I don't think that he has the stomach for it. Let's do it that way. He doesn't have the stomach to sit out. Maybe he just sick of the shit. Maybe he just, he just, he fed up. He tired of losing. He tired of seeing the organization not going in the direction. He's been trying to tell y'all, I'm with them. I'm always going to be with them. I'm ride or die. But, you know, at some point, man, at some point, that shit get tiring. Especially when you've made the playoffs a few times and had options or chances to get to the, the, uh, the finals and you fall short. They've had it happen, I think, actually one legitimate time. But other times when they get to, you know, the semis or... Yeah, that the semis. Yeah, getting to the semis and then losing, and then getting to the conference finals. I think once and against the Nuggets, I believe, and they beat us that year, uh, or something like that. But to get close and never make it to the finals is annoying, and he's tired. He was tired of it. Like I, I can understand that being completely fed up. Like yo, I'm trying to stick with y'all. I'm trying to ride it out, but y'all not even trying to help me. Y'all not even getting me any help. Like, what what draft pick or what player did they ever bring to Portland to help Dane? Marta Rosen. To Portland? Right, oh, wait. Didn't he play there? No. He played in San Antonio. Hold up, hold up. You just keep talking. Yeah. Okay. You're good. Uh, um. Uh. Yeah. You, you tripped me up a little bit. But um. Yeah. No. Nobody. Portland never helped him. Like in in no way, shape, or form did they help him. Like they never brought a player to help. The closest person they had, they got rid of in C.J. McCollum, because they were tired of the same old pattern. But at least with C.J. McCollum, they was making it to the playoffs and having a good chance to win stuff. As soon as they got rid of C.J. McCollum, they became garbage again. C.J. McCollum went on to the Pelicans, and I don't think they – did they make the playoff? No, I think they made a play-in. But I don't think they made a playoff like actual series. Or did they? All right. I think my, they did. They did. They did make one. But regardless. On the DeRozan thing, I yeah. was, for some reason in my mind, I was doing the uh, – they were, he was rumored to be traded there. Before, oh, like, oh, one of those. Yeah, you're good. And it then happens. in my mind, I was just like, yeah, he went there. No, he didn't. He's been on the board. My bad. You're good. It I happens. also just, in general, mix up the Raptors and the Trailblazers a lot. Before the <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, their jerseys are, their, their colors, all of it is just really similar. <laughs> no. They were better. The, the Raptors were better when they had the purple. 
Yeah, that's true. But before the championship for the Raptors, they were kind of the same franchise. Kyle Lowry and Damian Lillard yeah. were kind of like the same same figures before Toronto went on to win a championship. And they only won it because of freaking Kawhi. Like, I don't even think that team was you know, that what? great that year, bro. I really don't. Oh, fucking CJ McCollum, bro. That's my... CJ McCollum. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what yeah, that's all I was talking about. Yeah. They had him. He left, went to the Pelicans, got them to the playoffs, and he's been doing all right. You know, Pelicans still need some work too. But Dame has literally had no help. Like I said, the person that they had help him help for him, they got rid of him, and never replaced him. Yeah. So very true. If I'm Dame, I'm tired too. I'm ready to dip up out of here. I'm gone. I'm, screw this. I don't blame him for leaving whatsoever. I don't either. Uh, but like, what he played for Milwaukee, like, ago. I wanna, I'll answer that question, and then we can move on to a different topic. But I wanna to say whether Dame is gonna play in Milwaukee. If if I'm Dame, I'm playing in Milwaukee. Because like, chance of winning a championship up to date. Exactly. That's his best. That's gonna be his best chance to get a, a, a ring. Fuck everything else that everybody talking about, talking about, oh, you you know, you, you lied, you, you said you was going to be loyal, you ain't loyal, you teaming out with Giannis. Hey, 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 I ain't asked to even come to, that would have been my hey, excuse. You didn't even make even that if I'm, I, ain't, I ain't asked to come here. I said my to play with Jimmy Butler. So, yep, I, they told me to come to Milwaukee. So, I'm in Milwaukee. Screw it. I'm going to play. At least it's a good, at least it's a, a team that I know I can get to the finals with. Especially considering the fact that um, it's the East. Yeah, it is these. So yeah, if I'm Dame, I'm riding. I I I fully agree. I I don't think that he's gonna hold out, but you never know. Maybe he finds his way to Miami after all. It remains to be seen. We got more legwork out of this topic than I thought we would. I had more. I had like 20 minutes of sounding the smartest that I've ever sounded on this podcast, and then I got C.J. McCollum and Demar Derozan mixed up. So <laughs> it's okay. It's it'd be like that. A B minus segment for me, I'll say. But on to an A plus segment. The NFL. Dun 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 dun. All right. Yes. All right. I, I don't think that that's the. Uh, I don't think that that's the appropriate NFL theme song. But I did it. No, that's not the. Uh, not the appropriate NFL theme song. This ain't either. Oh, yes, it is. I'm going to report you. You're going to report me? Report you. <laughs> Taylor Swift does not deserve to be mentioned in the breadth of football whatsoever. We were both young when I first. I respect her work, though. This song's a banger, and you can't even. No, lie. I'm not. I'm not. No, I fucking me and song. I love this song. I'm gonna lie to you. This song. This was the one. I'm like, all right, Taylor. Bang with you. I can bang with you a little bit, Taylor. We can rock with it. Taylor Swift has got some bangers, but we can have some. And did not talk about Taylor Swift because literally everything and anything that we have heard about since the end of football on Sunday is the Taylor Swift effect that has been going on within the league ever since Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's mother were seen in 
Arrowhead Stadium rooting on Travis Kelsey. And apparently, according to reports, Travis Kelsey's jersey sales have gone off 400%. Yeah, I... In 300,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. I don't know how those percentages work. I don't know how those percentages work where it goes up 400%, like, but that that's... Four times the amount of sales that he would have in a typical week. Oh, okay. Thank you. I didn't... I didn't... I don't like math. Four hundred percent just means like if, if he sold a hundred jerseys a week, he sold four hundred bucks. Yeah. Good shit, good shit. But um, that's Which, wild to me. That just means a bunch of women just bought his stuff. <laughs> that's literally all that means. A bunch of women and other men who enjoy Taylor Swift bought his jerseys, but it was definitely a bunch of women. Be careful, but I'm not trying to get the podcast canceled. Continue. I didn't. I didn't say anything. I know. I say I'm just saying before you do. Uh no, no, I, that was it. I was leaving it right there. I'm leaving it right there because uh, Travis Kelsey, one of the greatest tight ends that we've witnessed, still had himself a bit of a game. And she was cheerful. Taylor. You said what? He scored a touchdown for Taylor. Hey, she was definitely hyped up in that booth. She claps funny. <laughs> she claps funny. That's fine. I mean, I will say this, though. They should have demolished them because it was the Bears. It was the Bears. The Bears are terrible. Yeah. yeah. Travis Kelsey, seven catches, 69 yards, and a tutty. Pat Mahomes, oh, he threw three tutties. Thank you for that. That was good for my fantasy league. I'm one and two in your league, and that upsets I'm me. I'm one and two in my league, too, and that upsets me. I heard the two one... smartest motherfuckers in the league will both one and two. I know, right? That's ridiculous. I'm one and two so, in your league, but I'm like, I'm either. My whole goal was for me and you to go in the championship against each other. I know. And it's not even us. We pick good players, and they're just not doing what they're supposed to do. Well, the guy that I played this week, he... He started Nick Chubb, meaning he just didn't check his fantasy lineup. You still lost. All right, so here. What did, did he have? Here's the. Uh, oh, I cannot. How do you go back to see the last week? Uh, oh crap! How do you do that? I click on the thing, like the, I think the my team. So and just go back to week three now, or match up. Yeah, Keenan Allen. I can't see the matchup from last week, but he had Keenan Allen. Uh, oh, that's right. That's the that's the game. Keenan Allen had 18 catches. He scored yeah. points. Yeah. I, I didn't lose by a ton, but I I lost by like 10 points. I think I lost Sorry, by 10 in your league too. But back to the Travis Kelsey thing. Yeah, they were in the Chiefs. They were supposed to demolish the Bears, and they did what they were supposed to do. And you know. I just have one more thing to say about the Taylor Swift thing. I have plenty. To, when, I don't want to talk about the Chiefs. I want to talk about Taylor Swift. Yeah, I know you do. Women, please. Please stop going to your man and recording him while you say these words out your mouth. You know, Taylor Swift is going to make Travis Kelsey be put on the map. Do not utter those words. Don't you dare 
say those words to your man. Because there's going to be one of two reactions. Confusion and or immediate anger. She has boosted his profile inarguably. She's boosted his social media profile. <laughs> and his mon- she's boosted his money. Four times the jerseys mean four times the world. Yeah, you ain't wrong. I can't. I mean, I can't ignore it, but it's just that's so unfair. That's so ri- that's ridiculous. It is. It a, I, I, Props to Taylor but, for her fandom. I'll give her that. Shoot. God damn. What I'll say is, uh, so I'm in agreement about the point that you made, which is you can't say that Taylor Swift put Travis Kelsey on. This man hosted Saturday Night Live, which, hello. look, I understand that the fame that Travis Kelsey is getting right now is uncommon for a tight end. Typically, that's it's the quarterback that's going to wind up getting that kind of fame. But Travis Kelsey already had a very successful podcast with his brother. It was already trending towards number one on the charts, but it got a huge boost and blew everybody out of the water. And I get that. But he he already hosted it. He hosted Saturday Night Live. He was in a bunch of commercials and stuff like that. Travis Kelsey was already a very marketable superstar. The Taylor Swift effect is undeniable. Her fandom is very rabid. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's very rabid fandom. And the fact that they're jumping into football, I think, is going to be good for the game. I think that that by the end of the season, let's say that they remain together for the entire football season... I think that there's a possibility that a lot of these girls are going to know just as much about football as we do. Yeah, I'll give you that. They jump down the rabbit hole. And they might be able to tell us why the zone defense works better against Justin Fields better than we can talk about it. I can almost guarantee that. But overall, it it, it is very annoying just to have the idea be that like he wasn't on the map before. Now, the thing that also annoys me is I don't need to see replay of Taylor Swift clapping on every sports show. And yeah, man, I get it. It's 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 gonna get clicks. It's the reason why in this episode description, the first thing that we mention is going to be Taylor Swift. We are trying to get into the algorithm and we're trying to attract more viewers. It's a good business play. But overall, it's also a little weird. And I say that as, like, I I think things are weird enough for Taylor Swift. Just being, she can't go anywhere. She can't be a person. Yeah, and true. Obviously, that's first world problems. She's got millions <laughs> millions of dollars. And she's selling out NFL stadiums and stuff like that. Like, really hard to feel bad for the girl. But... A lot of the negative reaction that I'm seeing on Twitter and a lot of the mansplaining of football and stuff like that, it gets on my nerves because you think about some of the most educated people on football. You look at, you know, Lucy Rodine in college football and Jessica Smetana, and you look at Sarah Spain, who knows football very well. And number one, most of all, Mina Kimes, who can break down a defense better than promo can Uh, we need to give women a little bit more credit when it comes to football and we don't need to take this as an opportunity to oh the swifties are getting into football so this is how you score a touchdown and this that and the third like let's stop being weird about it 
We're going to game the algorithm, obviously. Are we? Are we really? Look, we could get 400% of our viewer audience up. We could turn those four weekly viewers into 16 whole viewers, Jamar. I believe. (laughs) I believe. I have faith. We could get 16 people to listen to this episode of the podcast. But let's stop being weird about it. (laughs) That's fair. That's very fair. So, with that being said, because I I have said all I have, will have and will say about Taylor Swift. So so you go first, I go first. How do you want to do this? Yeah, I'm about to say, none of we got that out the way. Who should go first? Oh, God. Let's... Do you? Mm. I'll go first so that you can have the floor to go as long as you want because your loss and my loss are two different type of losses. Yeah, I'll take it. I'm gonna I'm gonna drink a little bit of this beer. And yeah, 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 that's fine. I'll that's chime fine. in when I when I have something to chime in about. I did watch your game, but uh, give me a second. I did. I oh. painfully watched it too. Um. So I'm not too angry. However, Monday night. The Philadelphia Eagles went into Tampa Bay to face the Buccaneers. Albeit it was a good effort by Tampa, they ultimately fell to the um, to the Buccaneers to the Eagles twenty five to eleven. Give me one second. We're gonna pull up these here stats because uh, it's a little depressing. Yeah, here we are. Jalen Hurts, 23 of 37, 277 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Good job, defense. Got some interceptions. DeAndre Swift, 16 carries, 130 yards. Jesus. And A.J. Brown, nine catches for 131 yards. On the flip side, for the Bucks, Baker Mayfield, 15 of 25, 146 yards, one tutty, one pick. Boo-boo. Rashad White, 14 carries, 38 yards. And Mike Evans, five catches, 60 yards, one touchdown. So this was a game that many, including myself, kind of expected us to lose. Um, You know, an L is an L. These things happen. My problem is the way that we lost when it came down to key pivotal moments in the game. Let's run down this list. Offensive line played okay, but still played pretty terrible. Still got way too many pass rush on Baker. Baker took way too many hits. Now I got the offensive line the way. Baker fucking Mayfield. Baker Mayfield did what we were waiting for Baker to do. Be inaccurate in times when I need you to be accurate. Throw an interception at a time I didn't need you to throw an interception. There were times where you had wide open receivers. You had Chris Godwin wide open a few times Monday night, and you missed your spots. You missed a lot of throws. We can't have that. We can't have that moving forward. If you want to remain the starter of this offense, a starter on this team, a leader on this team, You, by all means, have got to play better. 
you need to step up in the confidence, step up into the pocket with confidence and put the ball where it needs to be. And you also need to know when to just take off and run. You are holding the ball entirely too long trying to wait for somebody to be down, get open downfield. If it's not there, bro, go. There were a couple times again in that Eagles game where you had free open space to at least pick up the first down and you attempted to throw the ball downfield because you wanted to keep scanning downfield. Sometimes it's best to take off and run. You only had no, did you have two turnovers? I know you had an interception. I'm not I think you had a fumble as well. No, Rashad White had a fumble. So there we go. Those were the two. Um the running game didn't exist. Didn't exist. You heard you heard the stats. 14 carries, 38 yards. Didn't exist. And the other issue I have is some of that play calling was god fucking awful. There were moments where they were running the ball where we don't need there's no running the ball. You need to pass. And they didn't. You want you want to know a perfect example? Well, not even a perfect example of a pass. Just this was just a bad play call. We get the interception, right? Get the turnover. We're we're back the hell up. We're on the two, I think. And then he decides to hand it off and we ended up getting a safety out of it. Why would you Sorry, finish? Are you on me? Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. Say what you guys say. I'm going to interject with that because you know I texted you as soon as that happened. You did. Yep. And my thing with that is, is you could see how the defense was setting up. They were really packing up the middle. They had the linebackers in position to block the run up the middle. I don't get the call to continue to run the ball up the middle. And I don't know if this is a Baker Mayfield thing. I don't know if this is an offensive coordinator thing. I don't know whose call it is right here, but at some point somebody should have made the decision to run the ball outside because for me, it just didn't make sense for them to run the ball directly up the middle because you could see that it was going to happen before the ball was even snapped. Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Even if it was packed up the middle, you could have done a quarterback sneak. And just fell forward somewhere, bro. Like you, you push yourself further in the backfield by handing the ball that far back. If anything, I would have ran like a quick out route. I would have shotgunned it. We're gonna get a quick out route. We're gonna move the ball just a few yards up. I just need some space. I just need some space. I don't. It doesn't have to be crazy, but a good three, four yards from where I am right now would be fantastic. And they decide to do that. Like the play calling, like I understand wanting to run the ball and I understand not wanting to get away from the ball, even, I mean, uh, running the ball, even when it's not working, but if it ain't working, stop trying to fix it right now. We have other problems. We, we need to score. We are backed up. There's no reason for y'all to be handing the ball off. Defense did as much as they could. I would, you know, they gave up a bunch of yards, but they really didn't give up a whole lot of points. They only getting to 25. Even with some Jalen Hurts missed throws and drops. Oh, drops. Thanks. That's a perfect segue into the next person I want to talk about. Even though he is one of my favorite players all time right now for the Buccaneers, Mike Evans had way too many drops last night or Monday night. There was that really big one in where he 100% should have caught that ball for a touchdown as well. The touchdown? Yeah. Yup. Mm-hmm. And he missed, and, and it's just like, dude. Dude, he had that one. There was one catch where he was like, you know, uh, falling backwards, but the ball's in his hands, literally in his hands. And he just does, he like does some weird stuff and like hits it off his knee and drops it. He's had like, he had like three or four easy catchable dropped passes. 
and can't have that either. I have one more thing, and then the floor is yours because I expected us to lose this game, so I'm not too miffed, but I just don't like what I saw. And a lot of it was on the offensive side. Defensive side, the most I can say defensively, we are so banged up in the secondary, it's not even funny. We're literally um, working out. Uh, I don't remember the player's name, but we are working out a corner with the potential to sign him because my number one and number two corner are hurt right now. And I have two rookies starting, one in the nickel. He was been, he's been starting all year. Izzy is a great player. He's been great for us. He's missed the starting nickel. And then we have another uh, rookie that we have we have out there playing right now because we just got players hurt. We just got an injured secondary. But um, Chris Godwin has to be involved in this offense. For these, for the chains to move, for to pick up the easy first downs, Chris Godwin has got to be in the offense. He ha- he is your he is your safety net. If you want to talk about who the safety net, every every quarterback has a safety net. Usually it's a tight end. That's not a tight end right now. It's, it's Chris Godwin. Find Chris Godwin when you got to get a second and twelve, second and eleven, or a third and four. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin can get open, and Chris Godwin has the hands. Chris Godwin has soft hands, Zach. That's there we go. Chris yes. Godwin has those soft hands. So he is somebody who needs to be brought up in the offense way more. The targets that he's getting compared to Mike Evans are significantly less. I'm pretty sure Mike Evans has almost doubled the amount of receptions or uh, looks that Chris Godwin has gotten. But that's all I have. Buccaneers have to do better. Um, huge game Sunday against the Saints. And I don't even know how that's going to go. So we'll see. We'll Derek? figure that out. But Maybe. that's all I got. Yeah, Derek Carr might be out for that game. I know that he was hospitalized, uh, I believe, after the most recent game. Uh, so you might be facing against Jameis Winston, which would be pretty interesting. Uh, Jameis versus Baker. But I guess we will see there. Now... The Ravens had a very different type of loss. On last week's podcast, you said as much. One of our teams is going to be 2-1, and one, and one of our teams is going to be 3-0. and oh. And we knew which one of those teams was going to be the 2-1 and one team. I assume that you were alluding to the Buccaneers' loss. Absolutely. But, unfortunately, here we sit with both of our teams sitting at 2-1. and one. And let me start off with things that are not the reason why the Ravens lost that football game. Number one reason, not not a reason that the Ravens lost that football game. The pass interference no call in overtime. That is not the reason why the Ravens lost that game. Obviously, Zay Flowers was interfered with on that play. I don't think that that is questionable whatsoever. It was one of the most obvious instances of pass interference that I have seen not called ever. Yeah. But that's not the reason why we lost that game. Because we never should have been in overtime. Period. Another not reason that we lost that game. The fact that we were missing seven starters in that game, that is not a reason why we lost that football game. 
<laughs> Lamar Jackson was 22 of 31 for 202 yards passing the ball. Best rushing game of the season. 14 attempts, 101 yards, two touchdowns. Not anything to do with the players being out. We had two offensive linemen being out, which was not a huge problem in this game. Yeah, Lamar was sacked four times, but that was not what lost us this football game. Our inability to get this offense going is what lost us a football game. And most of that was due to turnovers. I don't care that only two were lost. Four fumbles is not acceptable. I know. But it rained. Indianapolis was playing in the same rain. Indianapolis only fumbled (laughs) one time. Did not lose that fumble. Indianapolis playing in the same rain. And one of those fumbles came while we were up seven to nothing. We were making a drive. And I believe it might have been Kenyon Drake that fumbled the football there. And the inability to secure the ball was our issue. There's no reason why in that football game that Indianapolis should have had 36 minutes time of possession as compared to the Ravens who only had 32 minutes. I understand that Gus Edwards went out with a concussion. I'm not here for the excuses. I don't care if it's, I don't even think Justice Hill played. I think it was Kenyon Drake and Melvin Gordon that were sharing the backup carries. Yeah, yeah. Even with Kenyon Drake and Melvin Gordon, you should be able to hold that ball and do the one thing that the Ravens are the best at, which is running the football. I understand that it's a different offense, but they're still the best at running the football. And in that rain, all you need to do is secure the ball and get the time of possession. If we hadn't lost that fumble and we hadn't, made two egregious errors, we would have never been in overtime, and Indianapolis would have never had the chance to win that football game. But overall, we just got outplayed. Ball security, time of possession, Gardner Minshew played a very great game management there. I just, I don't think that we can excuse this loss for injuries or anything like that. I think that overall, we have to take accountability here and really This team needs to reflect and understand that we need to be better with ball security. And that includes, yeah, I know that it was a backup center snapping and there was one of those fumbles that was snapped directly at Lamar Jackson's ankles. I get that, but ball security, fundamentals, basics. We just need to play fundamental sound football and we would have won that game. Now we've got a really tough test coming against Cleveland this week and Cleveland you think Indianapolis sacked us four times. Cleveland, they have the number one defense in the league right now, and we need to be prepared to make some solid throws. Here is where I haven't seen the progression that I'm desiring to see. You look at Tua and his progression as a quarterback. 
Tua is really good at getting the ball out of his hands and letting his receivers run and not getting himself in danger. And I understand that Lamar and Tua are very different quarterbacks, but that's something that needs to be implemented in Lamar's strategy. And what we are seeing when they try to implement similar things is that they're throwing it and that receiver is automatically getting tackled or the ball's being thrown in very obscure areas that are dangerous and could lead to interceptions and things like that. We need to scheme better so that there is an option for that quick pass on every play, especially while we've got two linemen out. We need to scheme better for that quick pass and let receivers like Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman and our quick receivers do their work there. Obviously, Odell is more so going to be our middle and deep threat. But if we can feed it to receivers and we can get the appropriate blocks, obviously we don't have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, but that should be enough to get us into a better situation just by scheming better. I know that this offense is still breaking in, but we need to take full accountability here and acknowledge it and not do the thing that we always do, which is we're not going to let one bad game hurt us. Why? Because when we have the mindset of we're not going to let one bad game hurt us, we win three games, we have a bad game, and then we win two games and have a bad game. And we're not addressing the fact that we're getting by some of these other games by the skin of our teeth. We should have scored 50 on Houston. Played a really good game against the Bengals. But we should have scored 50 on Houston. That was another issue with ball security and just not making the appropriate throws. We need to scheme better. We need to see a more cohesive offense from the Ravens or else they're going to be in trouble because they're going into a very hard part of their schedule right now. Like I said, we've got Cleveland coming up this week. Cleveland with one of the best defenses in the league, as I've said. And it doesn't get easier from there. The Steelers is always going to be a shootout. No matter if one of these teams is top of the division and one of them is bottom of the division it's always going to be a close game and that's a team that you cannot lose the ball against and that's a team that's got tj watt that's going to be gunning across that line same thing as with cleveland that you're going to be seeing we need that protection we need those quick throws titans always a shootout then we get into a little bit of an easier part of the schedule the lions are no slouch but i think that they're going to be an easy team for the ravens obviously the cardinals they've got some high upside but they're still trying to tank to the best of my knowledge. And the Seahawks, I don't really foresee the Ravens having a problem with the Seahawks. I'm not going to kind of go deeper than there, but looking at the next six weeks, we've got three very crucial weeks in a row before we get to some easy stuff. So we need to scheme. We need to get better and we need to take accountability now before we get out of these three weeks with a possibility of facing a two and four record. Because if we get into that territory, that's when we get into trouble. I don't think that the Steelers are going to be a real threat in the division this year. I think that Cincinnati still has some very obvious issues that they need to take care of. We need to capitalize on the slow start that Cincinnati's had to the season right now and take care of these two divisional opponents back-to-back. We're going to wind up seeing ourselves in another disappointing season when we had a lot of hype going into the year. I'm not pressing the panic button. I'm not going to do that. But 
Food for thought. The Ravens need to be better. I don't have to say much because you have literally said every single possible point that I could have ever even thought to make. Um, is it just me or are we? Uh, I, and I didn't get to watch that game because I had to work. What happened to the run game? Gus Edwards got a concussion. Okay. So as soon as he went out, it was it went to shit. Pretty much. Kenyon Drake and Melvin Gordon aren't the best, but I also didn't necessarily agree with the play calling. There was a lot of of those short throws that weren't being caught, obviously because of the rain and whatnot. I just think that the play calling could have been better there, and I think we could have milked more clock. But overall, we shouldn't we should have been up fourteen to nothing before Gus Edwards even got hurt, and we wouldn't have had that problem. And the fact that we lost after having Gardner Minshew pull a Dan Orlovsky and step out of the back of the end zone and get a safety, that, that hurts me. Is that how that safety happened? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's funny. Back line. That's funny. At least he didn't run out of bounds. That's what I mean. That's what he did. Oh, he did run out of bounds. I thought you meant like, because I heard you say foot on the back line. Or, well, he stepped out of bounds. He was like running back. Oh, okay. okay. Run away from defenders. He didn't run fully out of bounds, but he he ran past the back line. Same thing. So yeah, <laughs> that's. Uh, I just need the Ravens to be better. It's going to be the same old thing. I, like it's been the last three years, and 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 what I don't want is just people calling out Lamar. Like it's oh, it's all Lamar's fault. Like it's not. Like the offensive line still ain't that great either. We're still, you know, tinkering things and injuries are still happening. That's still a thing. That's been a thing for years. I really want to look at the strength and conditioning coach. I I really want that looked at because that's a problem in and of itself. Tampa had the same issue a few years back where their strength and conditioning coach had hamstring injuries. The, The year before they won the Super Bowl, hamstring injuries. Nothing but hamstring injuries. And I get they played in the heat and stuff. So, like, you know, that happens. That's a thing. Dehydration, blah, 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 blah. But it was too frequent. And then they, at one point, they were nasty because they had a, there was a staph infection going around. So, they were just nasty. They weren't cleaning. Just just filthy. Just nasty. I'm glad that's gone, too. That was just, just, just ugh. But, you know, these injuries that the Ravens are having, it's a problem because this has been three years of it. Three straight years of it. And you made a mention of OBJ. I don't see that man making it through to 10 games, bro. This is the, this is what I was talking about before they signed him. You paying him all this money to be hurt. He hurt again, and he's going to be, that's going to be a lingering issue because it's an ankle injury. So it's going to be a lingering issue all year. And... and Honest, I think that the OBJ thing was more so to entice to Lamar, keep Lamar, which I think is worth the money. Fuck that, dude. Fuck that. Fuck all that. I'm wasting 17 million on a freaking receiver that's not going to be on the damn field for half the season. I mean, it Fuck was so that. late to the off season. What else were they going to use that 17? That's their fault. 
That's their fault. But like, what else were they going to use the seventeen million on? They obviously had it left over. You could have gave it to DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think he got that much from the Titans. E Hop isn't doing shit this season. I dropped him on my. He's fan. with the Titans. What'd you expect him to do? Something, anything. Barely. It, it, that t- that they don't do nothing but run the ball. Yeah, but he's also not looking as explosive as he once did. He's definitely not open as often as he once was. Probably not. But also, that system doesn't cater to him. That, that's very true. I will give you that. Well, I mean, signing with the Titans is a stupid decision on his part, but I'm pretty sure the Ravens were in on him, and he decided he wanted to go to the Titans. No, I, I think a lot of motherfuckers who he thought were going to bid on him didn't bid on him, and he realized he didn't have many options. <laughs> I mean, can't really, can't really blame them. Like I said, he's he's starting to slow down a little bit. He's he's getting past his prime. Yeah, at least he on the field. Damn, I, I give him that. But <laughs> if it costs Ravens seventeen million to show a sign of good faith to Lamar, I'm I'm not against that. But Odell, for all I care, could play one or two games between now and the end of the season, chill for the rest of them, and as long as we make the playoffs and he's healthy for the playoffs, I'll be happy with it. Because he is yeah. an impact player in the playoffs. We saw that with the Rams. That's not that's not a lie, but he got to get there. So, got to make it through the season healthy enough to get there. So, But I digress. So, how about a uh, – I think we said enough on the Ravens here. Yeah, we're good. How about a 70 burger? A 70 piece, really a 50 piece, in the, in the words of uh, Uncle Uncle Shannon, a 50 piece with 20 extra, what do you say, 20 extra flats, no charge. Sheesh. Straight disrespect as the Miami Dolphins absolutely annihilate the uh, Broncos, 70 to 20. The Broncos are paying Sean Payton the same amount of money that the Ravens are paying Odell Beckham Jr. To be shit. And they traded multiple uh, draft picks. Multiple. First and a second. Multiple. For this trash ass shit. You talked, and everybody's been saying it all week, so I'm gonna jump on that bandwagon too. You talked all that trash. You talked all that trash about Nathaniel Hackett, and Nathaniel Hackett ain't never allow a 70 burger. I mean, we talked a lot of trash about Nathaniel Hackett. I don't care. It's not about sure us right now. It's one of our episode titles. I might Probably be wrong. is, but that's not a, this, this isn't about <laughs> us. This is about Sean Payton. That this isn't about us right that's now. That's all. That's all. We're not the one on trial. (laughs) As people who have talked shit about Nathaniel Hackett, we are the foremost authority on who can and cannot talk shit about Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, that's true. We did did it. We definitely did it. He deserved it. But Sean Payton is going out real sad right now. Russell is cooking in the first half and then being garbage in the second half. You know, I I could say injuries, but... I could say injuries, but everybody has injuries, so it doesn't matter. Um, what was it? The rookie, Arcane, or Arheim, he had, what, 18, 19 carries, uh, almost 200 yards, and, like, four touchdowns? Yeah. Achine, I think was his name. Achine is something like that. Like, imagine having, imagine, imagine picking him to score 
and get yards. Danger Russ, more like Danger Bust. Second so callback. It's, it's getting worse, man. You know it's how getting much worse. I hate Russell Wilson at the end of last year. <laughs> yeah. I'm back. Because that motherfucker. <laughs> he is dog shit. Has six, if you include this year, six more years left on his deal. Is it really six? It, he signed a seven year contract. It's got to it's got to go down as one of the top finesses in the history of finessing. Nah, for real. And oh man, Tom Payton, my guy, you retired and you came back for this. You came back <laughs> for this. You started your season with an onside kick. Started your season zero three. Oh, that's right. He did do that dumb uh, shit. Took a 70 burger in game three. Sean Payton wanted to make it all about Sean Payton. And boy, is it now about you, my friend. Sean Payton has to be so embarrassed. So embarrassed. Because that man had a cushy ESPN job. Had to stay at home with the kids or probably the grandkids. I don't know. How old he is. I'm sure he's probably old enough to have grandkids. That is some next level stuff right there from Shawnee Boy. 70 points, bro. 70. It was a Madden game. It really was. And then I want to give you this soundbite from Sean Payton because I find it absolutely hilarious. Give me one second. Let me cue this up for us. Just listen to the, the amount of salty that Sean Payton is here. You said it's embarrassing, but this is kind of an historic game. I'm more. Third time the team has scored 70 points over 700. What's the question? What's the question? I just finished telling you. Next question. I know that. So not just embarrassing, but this reporter, and, and kudos to him. He had the balls after Sean Payton was already hitting him with the next question. Next question. To say, I know that you've already talked about it, but you haven't talked about it in the context of it being historically embarrassing. <laughs> uh, that, that does take balls to do. Next question. Next, next question. question. He was mad as hell. He was mad as shit. That's, it's pitiful. Oh, do you think do you think he's missing his uh, broadcasting position? Do you think he's regretting coming back to the Broncos, or do you think them so he's wiping his tears with his seventeen million? I wouldn't be wiping my tears with seventeen million if I was getting fucked up like that. That game would make me miss being in the booth or being in the uh, in this studio. Oh, 100%. There, there, there's no way. There's, there's no way I'm happy that I came back for this. I came back for this shit. I'd be sick. Sick to my the damn they're, they're done, right? There, there's no possible way. They? Oh, and they haven't won a game yet, right? Yeah, they're, they're done. This is, this is going to be that kind in of... Their division, they're, uh, in their division, they're... Yeah, because they're, yeah, they're done. They're done. They I mean, would have to literally win at least... Eight of their next nine games. Bro, do you remember how many primetime games we had to watch last? Yeah, they, we had, they had like six. 
I think more than that. Oh, no. I mean, now we got the Jets. Which oh, is and the Giants. I think just because, well, I don't think. Uh, um, flex scheduling starts early this year. And they can also flex people in and out on Monday night. Good. So I honestly think that you might be in the clear. And I would call that the Broncos rule. Because last year was miserable. Miserable. I don't I if the Broncos towards the end of the season were on Sunday night football, I finally got a good night's sleep before work. Because it was that bad. But I think we can stop packing on the Broncos. <clears throat> There's something that we didn't even put on the topic list. What? And I can't believe that I forgot it. I can believe I forgot it. What what is it? Oh, it's as soon as I say it, you're you're not gonna believe that you forgot. How about them cowboys? <laughs> oh right. my god, the purposefully tanking Arizona Cardinals beat. The Dallas Cowboys, they're trying to lose. Mind you, we have an 0-3 Minnesota Vikings team trying to win. 0-3 Denver Broncos team trying to win. And the Arizona Cardinals, who were definitively trying to tank to get Caleb Williams, allegedly, beat the Dallas Cowboys who up until this week, people were trying to say was the best team in the NFL. You know what? I was sitting there feeling this Ravens loss, and I didn't even really get to process the fact that the Dallas Cowboys lost to the Arizona Cardinals and did the most Cowboys thing ever. Which was what? Lose to the worst team in the league. Are they the worst team in the league? Yes, 100%. Are they? Yes. Was Chicago? Yes. Really? Yes. Is it because Dobbs is their quarterback? Yes. That's the only reason? That's the main reason right there? Yes. Oh, okay. Go and ahead. The fact that they're, 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 they caught Colt McCoy. They did. They, they, did. Were they like what they got. They like what they see in Josh Dobbs, I mean, bro. Yeah. He's done pretty well. He has. Despite them. better than Sam Howell. Despite them. Well, that's Sam Howell for interceptions this week. We, we, don't, we don't talk a lot of commanders here, but same look no hate for josh jobs josh jobs ain't that good of a quarterback. <laughs> arizona cardinals want to get rid of kyler murray after the season and his call of duty playing ass and they want to move on they got rid of his boy at coach the writing's on the wall he might not play at all this season not just because of injury but because they're going to probably hold him back so that he doesn't get them out of draft position. They're the worst team in the league. They gonna have a better record than the Bears. I disagree. I don't. I think they are, they've every game that the Cardinals have been in, it's been a hard fought game. The Bears are getting just getting fucked up. They're playing getting fucked up. With right. no with no wiggle room. At least the Cardinals are putting in an effort, and it leads to close games for potential wins. The Bears are just getting fucked up, dog. I mean, it, it, 
you could say that the Cardinals have been a little rowdy. I'll give you that. They've been a little rowdy. They almost beat the Giants. And then they beat the Cowboys, who blew the Giants out by 40 points, mind you. And they almost beat the Commanders, who the Commanders have shown us that they're not the team that we thought that they were going to be. Well, not, not, not that we thought they were going to be, because I think that you and I both had the Commanders not, not being, being all that, yeah. competitive this season. I don't think either of us us <clears throat> that we... I felt I always thought Sam. they would have moments, but it wouldn't be nothing special. Neither of us believe in Sam Howell. I think that's fair, fair enough to say. Washington has a good core around it, but not a quarterback. Is it fair enough to say that the Cardinals are in the bottom two teams of the league? Um, right now, um, yeah, I, I guess so. I'll say that. I was one of the, the Giants, but the Giants will def- could definitely win more games just because, you know, they just – I don't Giants know. The Giants are bad. But the, yeah, but I was about to say, but the Giants beat the Cardinals, so technically they can't be. I don't know how they let that happen, but anyway, continue. Right. Either way, though, let me have – just let me have my moment. You got to go away, bro. How about them Cowboys? Oh. That's, that, that's all I need, man. That's all I need. It was an embarrassing performance. Let's let's talk a little bit about the game. It was an embarrassing performance for the Cowboys. And a lot of times, Cowboys fans talk about how they think that Dak Prescott is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That man went 25 for 40, 250 touchdown and interception. That is not one of the best quarterback lead of the uh, one of the best quarterback in the league numbers against one of the worst defenses in the league, which I don't think uh, that. I don't think it's arguable that the Cardinals have a bottom five defense. No, it's not an argument over here. And I just love to see it. Oh man, I I love to see it. Anytime that the the Cowboys have one of these one of these losses, it makes my heart smile. Especially when it's in the same week that the Ravens lose, because then I get to you know I, I was very glum, very gloom, uh, just not really you know very energetic. And then, how about them Cowboys? Yeah, overall, you are a savage, good sir. Philly's gonna, Philly's gonna win that division easily. Oh well, yeah. Cowboys at most first round exit in the playoffs, and everything in the NFL is as it should be. So that's about what I've got on there. The Vikings. The Vikings were in a shootout. They were. They were. They've been in most of the games that they've played. But they're own three. Because they trash. Should they sell? Is it time to move on from Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins not the problem. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. I don't know why. Why? I understand why we would move on from Kirk Cousins, and I wouldn't be mad if they even did it. But why is it is it all him? Is he the sole reason that they're losing? A little bit, but not entirely, right? Defense has to get stops. Yeah, 100%. I, I think that their defense is actually their biggest problem, but hear me out. Kirk Cousins Wait. is on a very large contract. And it's his walk here. He's going to want another very large contract. And he's probably played well enough to get himself a very decently sized deal. 
And from what we've seen, typically a lot of these teams, their best window to win is when a quarterback is on their rookie contract. So obviously there's outliers. Mahomes is off his rookie deal. Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady, obviously, a couple of years back, not on a rookie deal. About as far from a rookie deal as a person can humanly get. (laughs) But if you're the Vikings and you think that a Caleb Williams or a Shador Sanders or something like that is worth a flyer. And you've got the resources now with Kirk Cousins contract off your books to send Justin Jefferson and add pieces to your defense. You're already 0 and 3, so the chances of you making the playoffs when the Lions not happening. Yeah, when the Lions more than likely are going to win that division, the Packers are showing signs of life. I mean, don't get me wrong. They could, the, the Vikings could rattle off a few in the row. Oh, yeah, they definitely pieces. could. Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, that is a dynamic duo right there. But would it not be better to trade Kirk Cousins to a team like, say, the Jets, who are desperate? I'm... But what are you going to do in that trade? Because you're just going to take Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson and a couple first-rounders. Here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers had to play, I believe, 75% of the snaps this season to get the Jets' first-round pick. Otherwise, it turns into a second-round pick. I don't see the the first-round pick coming for Kirk Cousins. I don't see that being a thing. If you save your Super Bowl season, though, you wouldn't overpay for that? Especially seeing how Zach Wilson has performed? Not when they're going out to get Trevor Simeon. That's an optics thing. They got to go get someone. But uh, Trevor Trevor Simeon's going to start for them? Probably this week. And do better than Zach Wilson? Probably. I doubt it highly. He'll probably I, throw one less. T- he'll probably throw one extra touchdown and one less pick. I, I'm not going to say it'll I'll be a great game. I guarantee you he goes out there and throws for less than 200 yards and two interceptions. Trevor Simeon, man. Trevor Simeon. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I really... The name doesn't ring out to me. I, I'm familiar with his game. Don't get me wrong. But Trevor Simeon's not going to be the answer for this team. You oh, no, he's definitely not, but hey. This offense was designed specifically for Aaron Rodgers. You need somebody who can at least be the dollar store Aaron Rodgers. And I think that Kirk Cousins can be a good dollar store Aaron Rodgers for you. Might even be a little bit of an upgrade from a dollar store Aaron Rodgers. That might be a, like great value. Or could you go on the market and be cheap and get a Jacoby Brissett? Jacoby Brissett is a backup somewhere, isn't he? I thought he was. I thought he was a free agent. I'm pretty sure that Jacoby Brissett is spoken for. But also, I don't think that Jacoby Brissett is going to be somebody that carries you to the playoffs. I think he's a good Jacoby Brissett for me. Is a great guy to plug in for six games. Oh, he is. He is. He's a backup. I apologize. I'm wrong. He's with the commanders. And Tyrod Taylor's a backup for the Bills. Who would have thought on that? Oh, wow. <laughs> like, there's not a lot of great backups on the market. And as much as we want to ring out, like, hey, bring in, bring in Colin Kaepernick, because obviously, like, bring that's... in Matt Ryan. Did you see him with the Colts? Did you see Carson? That was the Colts. That was the Colts. About the, the Jets who are built to win right now this season. 
Grab Matt Ryan? I'm talking about win-now quarterbacks. I'm not talking Grab about right the gap. Who? Grab Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's not a win-now quarterback. That man had a noodle arm in his last season for the Colts. Grab Matt Ryan? Why? Why not? But what, what? You don't have a lot of options. You really can't really trade for – unless – you've already given up a bunch of first-round picks for, for Aaron Rodgers. Not a ton. You gave up, like, what, two, right? Or one? Again, the give- season's not going to be a first round. It's going to be a second round because of the conditional. Mm. What about Aaron Rodgers? Son Carson Wentz. Did you? Oh, man. You're just having fun with this, huh? Sign, you know, you know, he's an option out there. You know? Nick Foles is still out there, you know? He can... Wait, so can- you can... Are you going to go through the Colts carousel? How long? <gasps> oh, you know who they, they could sign? This could be this could be one. This could be one for the books. Cuz I bet you you don't even know what team he even freaking played for, bro, when he first came into the league. EJ Perry. Who? EJ Perry. Look, I don't care if it's EJ Perry, EJ Perry, PB and J Perry. Uh, whoever that is is not going to carry them. He are in the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, out of that in the list of names, the one that probably could dead ass do it though, low key, would probably be Nick Foles. Because it technically, think about it. Think about it. Think about it. He's not starting the season. He's Four technically. He's technically joining in the middle of the season and then running from there. He's always better when he doesn't start from the jump. He's always better when he starts middle of the season and then just plays it out. And then we try to figure out where where is he going to go after this year. Maybe if the Jets had a run game. Maybe. What do you mean? They definitely have a run game. Resall got four carries the other week. That doesn't mean they don't have a run game. That means they're idiots and don't know how to utilize their talent. Which they have a run game. game. They absolutely have a run game with Bruce Hall and Dalvin Cook. What good is a Glock if you don't pull it out? That's not my problem. But don't say they don't have a run game because they can't run the ball. They they, they have a run game. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. They don't utilize the run game. That's fair. All right, continue. <laughs> now, if they magically utilize the run game, the Nick Foles throwing maybe 15, 20 times a game could be a contributor there. But I really think overall... You got to go out big on a rental because going out and grabbing Cam Newton's not going to do it for you. No offense as much as I would love to see him just come back and play one game. Going out and grabbing Colin Kaepernick's not going to do it for you. None of the Indianapolis Colts coaching care. You literally you listed off former Colt Jacoby Brissett, former Colt Nick Foles, former Colt Carson Wentz, and former Colt Matt Ryan back to back. And look how that worked out for the Colts. Well, the Colts are dumb anyway. That's why Jonathan Taylor's not playing right now. Well, that's a whole other thing. And the Ravens it's still are, a part of the management Ravens and organization. Are dumb for of the not Colts. trying to trade for him. I don't know, man. I don't think they were going to listen to anybody. I think they were. That was just bait. They weren't going to listen to nobody. Uh, but um, you know, before. The Jets even can decide that. They have to decide if they are going to be able to contain their players from punching one of their coaches in the face. 
Well, the problem with them wanting to punch their coach in the face is because of Zach Wilson. <laughs> if you go get me Kirk Cousins, I won't pop you in the goddamn mouth. <laughs> Bro, they yeah, they're saying I'm like he's getting about Zach Wilson fucking my mama. Robert Saylor came out talking about, you know, basically praising Zach Wilson. And I'm just like, why are you doing that? Why are you praising garbage? Why are we praising yeah. distastefulness? Why are we praising uh, not even mediocrity? That's how bad he is. He's not even mediocre. Uh, why, why, why are we Why are we striving for last place with Zach Wilson as our quarterback? I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. He showed you enough last year when you gave him the reins and he played like dog shit. So, like, I don't understand what keeping him around is for or why you even really still have him because he would have got traded to the freaking Green Bay. You got very passionate about Zach Wilson, so passionate that you didn't even hear me say that I'm worried about Zach Wilson fucking my mama. Yeah, I didn't hear any of that. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't hear, I didn't hear any of that. Oh, you know, The thing is, I heard something. I just didn't know what that something was. Apparently, it was that. So, you know. My mom's dead. But anyway. My mom's old. But, you so know, it's not well, he fucked his mom's best friend or whatever. You remember that whole thing? Yeah. Good that's old the only, that's the only old. positive news we've ever heard that's pertaining to Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> the only time he's ever executed. Right. That's uh, he's ever executed the play. <laughs> let's walk away from that one. Completed uh, the touchdown. Got in the red zone. <laughs> oh, good lord. Uh, shit. This is what happens after we get an hour and a half. Yeah, this is this is tends to be how it goes. What other news do we got? Let me check my parlay real quick. That's not part of the news, but we can do that. Uh, the, the news is, is that Garrett Cole didn't give me my seven strikeout, dumb bitch. Uh, see, see why, see why you shouldn't bet on baseball. Oh man, I won 160 bucks on a dollar bet last week though. Well, I can't argue that one with you. Yeah. I want to go see Messi, but I'm not willing to pay the money. Good luck. Not willing to pay the money to go see. It's easier Messi. for us to get Orioles uh, playoff tickets. You're right. We at least live here. <laughs> you live here. You know, I'm trying to get a Messi. Oh, Mike, I can die. You cut out there. I do want to see Messi. Yeah, I doubt that we'll ever have a chance to do that unless we're willing to shell out like three, four hundred bucks. Also, like going to DC, which even as who's primarily a Nationals fan, dual Nationals Orioles fan, is not a trip that I want to make, especially for a soccer game. All right, sorry Matthew, about that. Because you know that city's going to be on fire. Oh, absolutely. Matthew. Like, it's going to be hard getting in, hard getting out. People are going to be rowdy. It's not going to be a fun time. Sure. Except for at the game itself. But I want to go so bad. I want to go. I'm going to find a way. They do a really good job marketing Messi, I will say. They, they've they done a phenomenal job. What is their record? <laughs> uh, they, they went into an in-season tournament called the League's Cup. Uh, which is the Mexican Professional League. I don't know what the official name of that is against the MLS teams. And Inter-Miami had the worst record in the MLS before going into this. But Messi's first game for Inter-Miami was in this in-season tournament called the League's Cup. And then they went on to win the League's Cup. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm looking this up. As of September 4th, Lionel Messi hasn't had any problems just into life at Inter Miami in 11 games. It's he... September 27th right now. That's yeah, just a long this time week. ago. Okay, it was like two weeks all right. ago. It's fine. It's all good. I uh, I want to know what the record is. You go ahead. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. It was Fox Sports. I'm just look. I just googled it, and you know how they have that first thing that pops up at the top. Uh, yep, he's recorded 11 goals, eight assists, and the club has an unbeaten record of 10-1 and 0 in games that Messi has played in. So compared to that, now that may have changed, but. From they said it's nine, five, and fifteen in league play, but I know that they've also been playing in another the U.S. Open Cup. I okay. think that's what it's called. Um, I don't, I don't dispute that. He's been, he's been clutch. He's been scoring two, three goals a game for them, which has been impressive. I mean, I mean, is anyone shocked by it? <laughs> Made me watch a soccer game, Jamar. <laughs> on my TV, I'll time if you will. On my free trial of Apple TV Plus. I mean, made me watch soccer. I, I enjoy watching soccer. I enjoy watching soccer at live. Yeah, at Retriever <laughs> Soccer Park, where I can yell at players that fell over from the opposing team and go, "Fishy, why are you sleeping?" Hey, um. <laughs> but other than that, I do enjoy being an ignorant soccer fan. No, soccer games are fun. They're a little different. They are. They're, They're a little they different. The celebrations are a little different. The uh, the effects that they use a little different. They be they be having smoke, little firecrackers, all types of shit. It's a it's an experience. Yeah, it oh. definitely is. And it don't even got to be at the professional level, bro. Yeah. And the hype that is surrounding it right now because of Messi, like the the game is definitely going to grow exponentially in the United States. But there's another game that's not growing exponentially in the United States. It's not getting a lot of good marketing right now. And I think that we've had this conversation before. But it's about time to have this conversation again. Because it is WNBA playoff time right now. And... I haven't heard a lick about it. I haven't seen a commercial. All of these games are at weird times. Like the Liberty and the Sun play a playoff game at 3 o'clock on Sunday. Which is just horrible scheduling. The Sun and the Liberty playing at 8 o'clock on a Tuesday. The Wings and the Aces. You can watch it Friday. Tuesday. Watch it Friday. I probably will watch it Friday because, like, no I think I am too. I think I'll be. It should be good to watch that. But the fact that we're not getting the marketing, you know, when when the NBA playoffs come around, it's LeBron versus Giannis or Jokic versus Jimmy Butler. Friday, 7 p.m. Only on ESPN. <laughs> that hurts. That hurts to do. Um, <laughs> anyway, but the WNBA, I just don't think they're marketing it well enough. I mean, I've seen, I've caught a couple games here and there this year, won a couple parlays here and there this year, uh, just throwing that out. But it's why aren't they investing in trying to get these viewership numbers up? And realistically, I think that the TV package has something to do with it because I think that the TV package is tied in with the NBA deal, and ESPN just kind of gets the WNBA as a side deal. 
put that out on the open market. I think that you really wanted to grow WNBA the way that MLS is growing, which is a good segue. Throw them on Apple Plus. Make it a worldwide audience. You don't think that the people from overseas would watch that? Women's basketball is much more popular overseas than it is here. Absolutely it is. And I think that that would be a great way to grow the popularity of the game. But overall, I'm just I'm disappointed in the lack of commercials, disappointed in the lack of promotion, disappointed in the lack of talking about what happened in the WNBA and all forms of sports media. I think that we've got the Las Vegas Aces who were perhaps wanting, having one of the most dominant seasons in the WNBA, and they're the obvious favorite to win the title. And I think that's something, you know, they're getting to that Golden State-esque level of the Aces or that team, and they're going to be that team last year, this year, next year. They're going to be that team. And I think lack of marketing can really account for the fact that the game is just not getting the viewership. And if we want to get these paid, if we want to get these players paid more and have players like Angel Reese want to actually join the WNBA when drafted rather than saying I can make more money in college, then we've got to promote this better because it's a problem when you've got people saying that I could make more money in college. Because Angel Reese is potentially going to be one of the most influential WNBA superstars or just one of the most influential basketball superstars that we will see. Nobody cares about the w- No, I'm joking. No, the WNBA has always had a marketing problem. I've pointed this out, and you've pointed it out. We both pointed it out numerous times even i feel like we we do it even when we just talk in casual and bring up revenue marketing and things like that they always put their games at the worst times on the worst days in the worst time spots and every single time y'all sit there and everybody bitches and they moan and they complain and they groan about the fact that WNBA doesn't get any respect. WNBA doesn't get any of this. We can't give y'all no respect if y'all not putting it in on at times that we can watch. Make it so it's the only thing on ESPN, bro. Yeah. Especially not the playoffs is here. Not even ESPN. Give me ABC games. Or I might say that was going to be next back because they put it on ESPN too and all them other second rate networks. Give me the And tr- then be mad that there's no nothing happening. You can watch the, the NBA games on ABC. Give me the ABC yes, games. If you're going to carry it on your family of networks. Because you look at it. Oh, my God, what's that? The, the Iowa. Why is her name slipping me? Oh, um, Angel Reese had beef with her. Yeah. Is it Caitlin something? Yeah. Caitlin something. Yeah, she, cause she can <laughs> shoot threes like crazy. Oh, man, it's escaping me. And I had her name like on the tip of my tongue. Caitlin Clark. There we go. Um, I had her name on the tip of my tongue and I lost it. But like Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. Imagine they go and one of them goes to the Liberty and one of them goes to the Mystics, for example. We're going to make it East Coast teams. Imagine that 
rivalry carrying over into the WNBA and what that could be because that whole pointing at the finger ring thing after LSU ran the score up on them in the national title game and Angel Reese was dropping buckets all over her head. Mm-hmm. Imagine it like they're going to fumble this marketing bag. I can almost guarantee it. But imagine if they did exactly what they need to do and they hype this up. LeBron versus Kawhi. Angel Reese taking on Caitlin Clark. Liberty versus the Dallas Wings. The crazy thing is, the the wild part of it all is, like, even my, my cousin asked me about the WMD. He's like, yo, you've been watching it? I'm like, yeah, I've caught some of it. Like, you know, a little bit. Like, I haven't been able to watch it. He's like, I, he's like, I'm enjoying it. He's like, I'm actually enjoying it. He's like, they got some good players. And I was like, yeah. And I told him, like, it's not like how it was when it first came out where it was just one or two nice players in the entire league. Now you got one or two nice players almost on every team or at least on some of the top uh, marketing teams. So now you have a chance to make more revenue because you got these big names in these big cities and these big places, i.e. Chicago having um, what you call. Oh, my God. Why is her name escaping me? Candace. Oh, wait, no, she went to Vegas, didn't she? Talking about Candace Parker. Yeah, didn't she move to Vegas? I she, believe that she is playing for the Aces right now. Yeah, yeah so she was because she was there and then she left. That's what it was. Yeah. So you have, regardless, you have all these good players in these big name places. Utilize it. You know what I mean. You, uh, your 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 top team is in L is in Las Vegas. Utilize it. Especially because Las Vegas is going to be a launching point like the the aces were there before any of these other professional sports got there yeah i i just i don't understand i don't understand what the mindset of the wmva's marketing team or whatever you want to call it. i don't i don't i don't know what they have planned to do so and, I, and it has to get better or we're going to still be dealing with this 10 years from now and I mean, not even just the WNBA's marketing team, like ESPN, you have this asset and during some of the slowest times of the year, slowest sports times of the year, the WNBA is there to be promoted, to bring people to your platform, invest the money while you have the asset. It's that simple. I, I, I don't think it's much harder than that. If it's not top news, that's up front. They don't care. Yeah, that is very, very true. One. That's the sad part of it. And it's all owned by Disney, so or at least Disney has shares in it. So yeah. there's all of that, too. <laughs> and I was hoping that by this time in the episode, and I just got the final score alert, I was hoping that by this time in the episode, I would be able to tell you that the Baltimore Orioles have clinched the division title. However... Unfortunately, the Tampa Bay Rays beat the Boston Red Sox by a score of five to nothing. So as the Orioles sit at 99 wins, they need to win one more game in order to win the division. Oof. I was hoping. That's frustrating. But, however, the Orioles win one more game, then... 
That's all she wrote, folks. I believe. And the polls will have uh, clinched the division. So, clinch miss coming right up. But not today, unfortunately. I was hoping that we could celebrate it live in the podcast. Yeah, that would have been nice. Oh, well. But they did beat the Nationals today by a score of 5-1. to 5-1. to Whoop that ass. Let's keep it rolling. Adley Rutschman hit his 20th home run of the season. Uh, Pretty good, solid day for the Orioles, who get the two-game sweep against the Nationals. Uh, Necessary sacrifice for the Nationals, uh, considering that they're not going anywhere. So I'm not really mad that the Nationals took that loss as a dual fan of the teams. I think that the Nationals did it for the greater good. Um, But Grayson Rodriguez, man, he has really emerged since being recalled in the league. Uh, he was sent back down to AAA shortly after. Good. He sucks. He did suck, but all of a sudden, his last few starts, he's really been going out there and rolling it. Today was 5.2 with only one earned run and five strikeouts. His ERA was like eight-something before he went and got sent down, and since he's been back, he's lowered his ERA over to 4.35, so pretty solid. Orioles in the hunt. Hopefully, this time next week, we'll be talking about division winners. Um, and playoffs will have started so that'll be pretty interesting we've got two hours in and they don't have mlb playoffs to add to the mix i will yes, say same billard conversation really ate up yeah up. i believe it well we went on a tangent a few times about him because it's just weird it's just it, it's just everything about it's weird deandre Ayton being in portland and uh, there's now reports i just saw that drew holiday might not even be in portland like they're probably looking to trade him out so oh wow yeah so i don't know the Portland's completely rebuilding at this point, so. All right. Well, I think that, uh, I think we're out of gas. I think that's time to go ahead and end this podcast. Yeah, I think we can call it two hours is great time, you know. All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. I hope that this episode was a lot easier to listen to without the, uh, without the ridiculous <laughs> vibrating noise that was coming from my microphone. And I think we got a lot of good insight here. So. Let's get four times that audience. It's 16 people in here this week. Yes, sir. I'm Zach. I'm Jamar. Have a good week. Be easy.